1: This is the Cool Button Hockey Podcast, episode 39, Dominic Hasek, as we welcome all of you to the podcast, Mr. Craig Button.
2: Do you think Dominic Hasek's the greatest goaltender ever?
1: He could very well be, like very well. There's a lot of people think he is, and you know how I feel about Sotchuk, so ugh, uh, it's uh, there's people that just say, no, it's, it's Hasek, considering the time, the era, the team. He wouldn't allow a goal in practice with like eight on one drills and stuff. And he just did some, and there was a moment I first saw him at the 87 Canada cup. Right. And he wearing number two back then, I think too, or whatever he's wearing. And then he went back and then Mike Keenan made the brilliant trade of giving him away. God love Mike Keenan, but they didn't know what they had. And then all of a sudden you're seeing this guy and it's unbelievable. How would you teach like a 10-year-old kid that you'd just say, forget it. And maybe we shouldn't be teaching the kids so much structure. Just let them play net and stop the puck. However, you remember the one blocker save on Leclaire, the turnaround, like on the scorpion. Oh my good. Like I'm I wouldn't argue with anybody if they had hashik Like the same way, how would you argue if I had you know Satra? Yeah, how do you know, Craig? Right? How do you know?
2: But 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 your point is, I mean, there's a couple of points there about development. Try to, don't make the kids rigid. Let them play the game, right? But think about this too. You know, Michel Goulet, Hall of Famer Michel Goulet, who was in Chicago at the time, he said he couldn't believe. Like he he said, I was shooting against him in practice. He goes, this guy was was great. He said, I knew he was good. So maybe they should. You know, Patty Kane came out and he said. That I'd like he'd like to have some uh, input. He'd like to have a voice on the direction of the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, with the new GM. I like, I like the fact that players, you know, want and I think they should have input. I think as a GM, you should be asking for that input. I think it's I, I think it's critically important to get the input from the players. But Patty Kane came out and said that, right? Maybe somebody should have been asking Michelle Goulet about Dominic Ashik, you know. Nineteen ninety nine, we won the Stanley Cup in Dallas. You know, Patty Verbeek just was named uh, the general manager in uh, Anaheim. He was a big part of that team. But uh, you know, you think about uh, that Stanley Cup. I think about that, and I go, "Yeah, yeah, you won. We were President of the Trophy. We were a good team. Back to back series. We had to beat Patrick Wong, Colorado, then have to come and beat Dominic Ashe to win the Stanley Cup. I-, I-, I think for the for the players, what they did, that's a well earned Stanley Cup."
1: Well, I've been doing a lot of goalie thinking, researching, talking. Apparently I've invented two phrases, NHL 500, which is caught on, you know, being on Sirius XM people have come back and they've liked that one uh, and the goalie carousel. And, you know, I watched Thomas Grice for a bit on the weekend and he was brilliant at times. He made a hashic save, but then he allowed a stinker. And I thought if I'm these teams and it's me and, and you were in that position in Calgary, you had to go out and you have to, like, let's be honest. Decisions are made with goaltenders. So, Hasha goes to Buffalo. It changes the franchise. You know, they they were David Conte, right? Followed Brodeur around forever, and Brodeur's looking behind like it this. It was Warren
2: Strelow that
1: followed him around. Okay, yeah. Warren. So he turned around, and who is this guy, right? It's a, you know, and Brodeur didn't have the the gaudy great numbers in in, in, in Major Junior, but it changes the franchise. 88 in Tampa changes the franchise price. We talk about goalies, how, how important and they are. And then and we draft them in the fourth round or in the third round. And I look at the teams now and what's gone on. And there's a running theme this year about success and not success. And, you know, no price and Montreal has been an unmitigated disaster among other things. So they make a coaching change. They bring in St. Louis. They still go. 0 and three God bless Primo and Montembeau, but whatever. Edmonton. We waited, we waited, we waited, still no goalie, but they made a goaltending change as well. Have, 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 a, a coaching change.
2: Yeah. They have made a goaltending change. Yeah. They made coaching changes, not goaltending. You said, change. you, you said a goaltending change.
1: Oh yeah. I'm waiting for the goaltending change. Yeah, right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So where are we on just didn't a famous coach say, show me a great goalie and I'll show you a great coach. And we sometimes underestimate the, the, the race to get one. If you got one, you got a chance. If you don't, you're just spinning your wheels, Craig. Spinning your wheels. Well, I mean, so you talk about
2: the uh, goalie carousel. There's a coaching carousel too. I think the coaching and coaching and quarterbacks and coaches in the NFL, it's the same thing, right? It's like the, the, there's a carousel there. You're trying to find the right coach. You know what? You, you, you're trying to find a good coach. You know what? You can, there's lots of coaches out there. You're trying to find a good coach. You're trying to find, there's lots of goaltenders out there. You're trying to find a, a, a top-notch uh, a goaltender. Easier said than done. I want to go back just quickly to the Warren Strelow. Warren Strelow worked with the Washington Capitals. My dad knew him forever. They, they worked together. I remember being at a game in St. Hyacinth. I'll never forget it, okay? Marty Berder's draft year. Warren Strelow was sitting right, he got a seat right behind the St. Hyacinth net in all three periods. So the first and third period where they sat and then he went to the other end. And I was, it was one of those moments where you go, Hmm, he, he must be pretty serious about this Marty Berger. <laughs> like, you know, th- there's tips, right? You got to watch, you know, not just watching the game you're watching the tips. Let's not forget Trevor kid was, was an unbelievable, uh, junior talent. And, uh, the Calgary flames felt they had to have them. They traded up and sweet Lou sw- trades back. He gets, uh, Marty Berdeur, not bad. But I, I remember the the attention to detail. Warren had attention to detail. Goaltending. You, you look at it. Ken Holland said this to me. I don't know how many years ago. It could have been 20 years ago. I don't even remember. He said, there's five top goaltenders in the league every year. There's five. Not, not in the year. He goes, there's five. That's all there is. There's not more than that. He says, out of those five, you know, you get a dip in play now and again. Right? So there's four. And then somebody moves into the top five. Right? And he said, what you better be careful of is evaluating that guy that moves into the top five or those guys that are moving near the top five and thinking they are top five <laughs> because they aren't. And, you know, okay, so how many, goal, how, many, how many top-notch goaltenders are there in the league? There might be more than five now. It might be eight, nine, 10. All I know is there's 32 teams. <laughs> the math doesn't work, Steve. And, you know, uh, average coaching will bring you down
1: and average goaltending will bring you down. You just need the goalie that can be above average, the league average. Got You got you, you know, if the league average is nine oh nine, I can live if a guy's nine twelve to nine fifteen. You know, I'm not asking you to be Hasek and the Craig Anderson nine forty one year. I, I'm not asking for that. And you're right, if we've got, you know, Shosturkin and Hellebuck and Anderson this year, and those types of goalies, Vasilevsky. So those are the groups. Okay. So if I'm Montreal. You know, I, I had a second guy. They're both gone. I get it. Like, New Jersey, how are they going to win with Bernier and Blackwood out? And, and they haven't been healthy all year anyway. So now you're going – you're already a team that's chasing it. Now you're really chasing it. I, I understand that. And the Oilers have been chasing, chasing, chasing. You mentioned Patty Kane wanting an input in Chicago. And, and John, Jay Woodcroft is in now. And he's kind of been groomed, right? He's 46 years old. He's video guy, assistant NHL, got his own team, had success. So it, it's it's time – I do wonder, and I brought it up last week and I was just thinking where a McDavid would be in on, you know, not signing off on it. Like, I don't think he would wake up and be surprised uh, on it. Like you asked Patty Kane, and obviously Kane's been around longer and he's older. And for Kane, it's that decision if I'm going to stay or not. You know, we're not there yet with McDavid. So, you know, I, I just like to learn about how that would work out and how McDavid doesn't wake up in the middle of the night, a dream, woo, and then phone Kenny in a sweat and say, uh, what about Ranta? What, 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 about, uh, It
2: shouldn't Orlando? be like that, Steve. It shouldn't be no, like that. No, it should be a, it should be a regular conversation back and forth. You're not asking Connor McDavid, what do you think I should do? And you shouldn't be taking co- calls from Connor McDavid, him telling you what to do. Okay. It should be everyday conversation. Hey, what's going on? How, you know, how's it going? Like you don't sit there and go, I'm thinking about making a coaching change. What do you think? No, and that's not what players want. That's not what Patty Kane wants. Patty Kane says, Hey, come and ask us, include us in the lake and get our thoughts. It doesn't mean you're, you're going to follow every thought, but you go, Hey, that's a good thought. I didn't think about that. You know, why wouldn't you ask players about players they've played against or players that they played with? Why wouldn't you? Well, and 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 you, you if you're a team you know and you want to collaborate why wouldn't you be together in terms of trying to understand oh, okay what do you think like you know hey uh connor you know we're thinking about this defenseman like what what's he like to play against well he's hard like you know oh yeah like he he'd help us I, I, I'll, I'll i'll tell you a story we were we had uh you know there was a lot of talk that we were going to trade robin Regier when i was in calgary let me just tell you, like Robin Regeer was a unique defenseman. You don't find those guys. You know, you're not trained Robin Regeer unless you're getting a, something that's so massively uh, such a massive improvement. Anyway, I remember that uh, uh, I, I was in with Peter Hanlon and uh, I walked into his office and uh, behind the door was Jerome McGinla talking to Peter Hanlon. Jerome wanted to know. He wanted to stay stay in tune, right? I walked, I walked. Oh, hi, how are you? Right. This Peter had to Peter had to kind of let me in. I guess he didn't have to, but he did. Anyway, we got talking. He goes, Oh, God. He goes, i have been reading all this stuff about Robin Regeer being traded. I'm so glad you didn't trade. I said, not trade Robin Regeer. Like, you know how valuable that is? Like th- th- that's Jerome was fretting about Robin Regeer being traded. Like when you talk. You get input. Settle down. Don't worry, Jerome. I'm going to reassure you. Settle down. You got to reassure players. You don't think they're not reading everything? Reassuring them, hearing what they got to say, hearing why they feel that way. That's what that's what you're doing. You're not saying, "Hey, you know what? Do you think I should hire this coach or that coach?" Because I'll tell you this: what I say is, we'll make you the gym. Matt Sundin, when they had that whole fiasco with the what were they named, the Muskoka Five. Famously, Matt Sundin supposedly said to Richard Petty, you know, when asked the wave is no trade, that if you want, to, uh, if you, if you want me to do what's best for the team, make me the GM.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think what you're saying is, as a reminder to us who aren't in, like I talk about people in hockey, the people you're checked comes from one of the 32 NHL teams or the league, that it's ongoing dialogue. You don't surprise yes. the family at dinner and say, we're moving to Iceland. When did this come about? There's ongoing dialogue that might get transferred. How would we feel about this? Where are we all? So ongoing dialogue with those guys. So it's not a surprise to McDavid or Lemieux or, you know, probably was surprised to Michelle Goulet at the time, but that's a, you know, a story for another day. So we make a change and we bring in Marty St. Louis in a small sample size. When we did the Boudreaux, no, we didn't do it, Craig, but when the Boudreaux thing happened (laughs) right away, what's different, what's going on, you know, and come on, you need sample sizes that are a lot bigger than three games, but. Has anything really changed? Did Cole Caulfield have a piano come off his back? Um, you know, and Jay Woodcroft, it's one game. I heard Ryan Rashog on TSN talking about a little bit less ice time for McDavid and Sidal, more PK time for sidle. It's one game. The first period, they look like the old Oilers, but they actually got gold. From, like, if Mike Smith, the bed in the first period, Oilers lose that game four two and they give up three in the first. So I know it's time. You need time, but when you don't have time, you don't have time. So only because that's front and center from the weekend. Where were you on Montreal? 0 for 3 and Edmonton 1 for 1.
2: Well, I, you, you know, if you go back and look at statistically and, and you look at underlying numbers, against the Washington Capitals, the, the Montreal Canadiens had one of their very best games of the season before falling short. Okay? I, I can tell you this, against Columbus and Buffalo, <laughs> it was the same old same old Montreal Canadian. They had a little bit of a push in the third period versus uh, – uh, versus the Buffalo Sabres but you know what U- ultimately uh, you know they got overwhelmed they got uh, they, they got beat pretty soundly in the in the fundamentals of the game so if it's not for Samuel Montembeau in those two games it's blowouts they're blowouts I know that Patrick Line scores with mere seconds left on the clock but it was a it, it was a blowout I, it would have been a blowout it wasn't a. Blowout. it would have been a blowout without Montembeau so again I, I, I Steve I've talked about this and what, what do you want to get from Marty St. Louis? Like, what are you trying to do And you know, if you know, I've heard Marty talk about like fun and we want to get back to the, okay. Uh, I get it. But if you're not going to be in the competitive battle with respect to the game and everything, how the hell, how the hell can Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon appropriately uh, evaluate the players? How, 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 You know what? So great. So now you got 34 games left with Marty. You know, it it runs. They're running out of time. They're running out of time. And you're not going to get this time back. And this time is critically important to what they're thinking about doing in terms of decision-making.
1: At the other end of the spectrum are the Tampas, Colorados, and Vegases. And they're sexy to talk about because Colorado just played Tampa without McKinnon and we've got the eventual probably March, I'm guessing return of Jack Eichel. We got Colorado that is just rolling and McCarr with his skate work and footwork. And you're just, Oh my God. And they, you know, they get McKinnon back and he was out and in and Kadri's doing his thing. It's so great. I'm sure they wish the playoffs started now, but you've been in a nuclear arms race because we had the Detroit's, we had the Dallas's, we had the Colorado's and you're always looking to see what those teams do. Not looking past your nose at the team you're playing in that moment. But I just find that so fascinating now because that game was special, you know, as a regular season game, game goes. And then we see Vegas and they got to do something we think, and there's Colorado. I'm sure you've been on teams that, you know, I read stats before under Ken Hitchcock. Leading after two, Dallas. Well, I'm leaving now because this game is over. <laughs> I'm going to go scout another game and everything else. And that was winning hockey. It was hard hockey. And we've got this thing where the hard players and, and, and the game has changed, but you still need skill. So you see Colorado, does it remind you of you guys or the Sackick Avs or the Red Wings? There's a separation here. Like we're as good as Minnesota is, and I like them in Nashville. I think we're seeing something special. Like you watch Colorado and say to yourself, two losses are what overtime and a shootout i don't think they've lost a regular season game since when november or december craig come on hey, you know this has gone on long enough like can't they can they wet the bed and lose a game five two or something i don't know and if i'm kemper i'm really feeling this now i'm feeling more part of the team in the group so you you tell me what it reminds you of, of the big boys because we're we got big boys now we got big boy hockey going on
2: I I I didn't know when you said we 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 this has gone on too long. I didn't know if you we were talking about the Colorado Avalanche's excellence or, or, or the COVID m- mandates have been in place <laughs> because that's been a you know that's been a refrain from from, from a lot of uh, corners of uh, of the world. Anyway, that being said, all kidding aside, uh, the, the abs are so good and they're so strong. You know the arms race that you know, back in the nineties before the salary cap, it was a different arms race. (laughs) It was a, you know, you, you literally could just go on a buying spree, right? Yeah. You can't do that now. It's gotta be a lot more strategic, right? It's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta really identify, okay, who, who, who can really help us and who can, who, who might have the greatest impact. Now you, 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 you order it and you go, okay, if we can get this, we got that. Well, what's next on the list? Whereas, years ago you could just be pigs and just get them all right and every and everybody was chasing it right so i mean that being said you know i think the colorado avalanche are a top team i think wow just this just in way to go craig you think yeah bottom line is i i keep looking and i if there was one area of their team that i would look at it would be a third line center i like you you want me to be greedy if the if they could get an adam lowry type third line center a Philip DeNo type third line center. Right now, I know they're not getting those guys, but if they could get some hard in that third line center hole, boy, I think they'd even be tougher and take a little pressure off of Kadri, as we've seen Kadri have a great year taking the pressure off of McKinnon and the team because of McKinnon's, you know, uh, absences at different points. That that's that's where I'd be looking at. I don't. I mean, may, may, maybe you look at a defenseman, a bulkier defenseman, right? And I mean, that's obviously where Samuel Girard comes into play, right? Because I think one of the things you got to be really careful with when you're when you're a team as as good as the Abs are, don't fall in love with your team. Don't fall in love with it. Like it, love it, but don't fall in love with it. Don't be blinded by the love for your
1: team. So you're more interested in an. Older school third liner than a Claude Giroux, right? Or uh, I don't need Claude Giroux. No, you think if you're and Joe knows that, and, and Ben Sherratt's different, and Ben Sherratt, you know, a, a Samuel Girard with the depth on the blue line, you're saying either I move him down the lineup or don't have him play the heavy minutes that kind of hurt him last year, and a Ben Sherratt would help the Johnson & Johnson or bump one of the Johnsons. That if it was Taves, McCarr, Sherratt, Johnson. Like that, that probably gets you more Like Lowry and Sherratt, I would then say, what's the biggest street in Denver? Because I would then plan the parade route, I would think.
2: I, 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 you're not getting Lowry. Schrott's available. Eric Johnson, they missed him last year. They missed Kadri and, and Eric Johnson. It was huge, right? Like there's no question. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, it, it, it's great, Steve. It's great to bet on your team. Yeah. Just don't fall in love with your team. Keep that open-minded focus.
1: All right. Time now for KB on Ice. That's us. Cool button. (laughs) Hockey podcast. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction. They're everywhere. And they are Canada's sports book. Okay, Mr. Craig, your account is thick. It's (laughs) thicker than Gretzky's. What do you like heading into action on this day?
2: Well, I mean, the, the interesting game for me is Chicago and Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg, you know, loses to Dallas. You know, they fight their way back. Then they they play a, a, an unbelievable game in Nashville after falling behind 2-0. So, but I'm saying they're coming home. You know, they're playing the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Like, I mean, this is a must win for the, for, for the Winnipeg Jets. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm taking the Jets. And if they don't win, it's over. It's over. Right in the obituary. I like that,
1: by saying that there's no way the Jets are making the playoffs this year if they're letting this one get away. Their probability odds are already not very good now. They're chasing Dallas, which is chasing everybody else. I love it. I love it. In the same vein, there's no way Minnesota's coming or at home. They beat Carolina the other night. They were up three nothing, but still won. Billy Garren knows, and you know Billy. He he knows his team is good. They're gonna beat Detroit. There's certain games tonight that are gonna happen. So. I'll jump on the Jets with you. I'll jump on Minnesota and Toronto's due. Mini hiccup. They're playing well, but just haven't been able to finish. And Nylander and Tavares are due. They're due for some five-on-five five goals. So I'll say that they get at least one five-on-five. On five. Toronto, Winnipeg, Minnesota. Book them, Daniel.
2: I'll take that to the bank, just like I took Maddie Stafford to win the
1: Super Bowl. I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, Check out all NHL odds, props, and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's us to place your bet. Ladies and gentlemen, sports interaction is Canada's sports book. Boy, oh boy. Standings change on a daily basis (laughs) in the West. In the East, it's almost as if we're saying, okay, I think the Rangers are going to slide to three once they get back and capitals are probably four. So Pittsburgh and Carolina, it it just looks that way. And of course, things are all subject to change. Um, Detroit thinks they're catching Boston or hope they will. They're not, they're they're not. We, we, we know our teams to me, the biggest story right now, and it's, there's, there isn't one story uh, in the NHL. If it was Colorado, we talked about Colorado, To me, the hotness is the Calgary Flames. Johnny Goodrow, is this sustainable? Are the Flames able to chase down Vegas? Could they win the division? So, Daryl Sutter, and we've talked about it a bit before, like, this is fun. Like, this is a fun run. Like, they're hot now. They're picking up points. Whatever's good for Calgary is bad for Edmonton, LA, and the Ducks. And I think on paper, Calgary's got to be better than Edmonton, LA, and the Ducks. no. I think they are. I, I I don't. In fact, I have
2: no question about it. I think they're clearly better, and I I think they're continuously showing that. I mean, like every other team in the league, you have a little bit of a speed bump at different points in the year. Calgary had theirs, but when you look at their overall play, it it it's top ten. It's exceptional. I mean, the they're, they're, they're trying to push themselves into the upper part of that conversation. They took the they, they took the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and dusted up the saddle dome with them last Wednesday night. They dusted the ice with them. I mean, they came out and they were on, they said, well, yeah, you played last night. Well, good. I, I, I hope you have fun up in bath because here's going to be your going away party. And they just took it, took them to task. And, you know, and like everybody keeps talking about the Vegas Golden Knights and they, rightfully so there's nothing wrong. Not enough people are talking about the Calgary Flames. Not enough people, and if they go and add a scoring winger, you know, there's a there's different talks. I mean, I don't I don't think it it's hard to make a connection between Tyler Toffoli and the Calgary Flames based on many, many different variables. He, he played for Daryl, the Montreal Canadians are, are, are in shambles. You know, Calgary could use exactly that type of player. You know, you know, you think of the, the, the salary, the contract is good, you know, so, so it leads up. but is he the only guy out there? No. But if they could add like that type of a score that takes some of the pressure off of, Uh, I shouldn't say pressure eases the burden. I think the Calgary fans would be that much better. Their goaltending is outstanding. Their team play is outstanding. The blue line is really meshed and and, and they play hard. They play hard. Everybody talked about what they didn't do in the off season, but they don't realize is what they did. They added Blake Coleman, which was a really significant move. They added Trevor Lewis for these reasons, because they dial into the details, they dial into winning details and that. That becomes infectious throughout the team. Trust me on
1: that. It's infectious. We've talked about people that bring into the fight. And when the fight gets dirty, do you turn, do you go get the puck or that's my time to change? Do I get in there second all the time with my stick? Cause I don't want to take a hit. And when a coach trusts a player, sometimes they trust them because of what they did in the past. And maybe they get too long in the tooth or they'd sit there and say even longer in the tooth. I know what the Lewis is. Maybe the Tafolies can do. And you don't go out and get it to Foley or a Sherrod. If you say, well, we already have three of those guys. We don't need another. They, they, the focus goes somewhere else. The problem is when you say, we need a goalie, Craig, and we need a big number one line center. You're already in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I need? I need a. If I get Gretzky Lemieux, we got a shot this year. And talk to the hand. You're already <laughs> done. And yes. Coleman, look what he did in Tampa Bay. Like So we look around and say, when you're looking for, you know, What happened? Well, we have a leak. We need the best roofer. You don't call the electrician to fix the roof, right? And if it's about skill, you need somebody to come in and paint you a beautiful picture. That's the pretty picture. That's the skill of the, you know, the Michelangelo and all that. And I, and I see it. So now you start saying the goalie, the defense, the and, and that's the font of kind of say, where do we look? Like you said, you can't go shopping on Rodeo drive. It's not the money spent by your stars and Colorado, Detroit of the nineties. The game has changed. Now we got to be creative. So with Montreal, yeah, now's the time maybe to get them to Foley and he's not making crazy money. And Daryl's got him here in the lineup. I mean, TSN's trade beats boards out, Greg, you've seen it. I'm sure, you know, you've talked about it. You look at certain things. It's a shopping list. How much of it happens or is hundred percent true or whatever, But at least it's sexy. It's like saying, I'll ask dad for the Intellivision. He's not going to buy it for me. But maybe I'll get a new pair of Bauer skates. You know what I mean? So that's what it's like. And it's there. And you look and say, hey, there's going to be moves. There's going to be trades. There's going to be a guy that helps a team. Will they eventually win? I'm not sure. But if you told me the great Bob Gainey story, you don't think now Joe Sackick. You don't think McCrimmon is sitting there looking at his stuff. All the guys, you know, maybe Julian Breeze was done because he's done so much already, right? Or maybe he's just lying to us. This is intriguing to me. It's good. And then we try to either guess or what we've heard. It is, it is, I I, I find the arms race. I find it bigger than Reagan and uh, who was it back then?
2: Gorbachev.
1: Gorbachev, that's right. <laughs> I find it more fascinating. Not as serious uh, for obvious reasons. We are a little worried. I find it fascinating right now what these guys are going to do and gals because you know what, we know we're five weeks away and it's a fun five week ramp up.
2: Well, and, and, and so what I would say too, is it's targeted. You gotta be targeted. You know, you, like I said earlier, you can't just go and say, well, I'm just filling up my shit. You know, when you go to Costco, and you think because you're at Costco, you can buy everything. You can buy everything in bulk, and you and you walk out of there and you go, "That was four hundred and seventy six dollars. What did I What did I buy there? Right? <laughs> it's not like that anymore. You know, you you have a hundred dollars in your pocket. And you got to spend your hundred dollars. And there's the as you say, the shopping list. Okay, here's my shopping list. What can I get with my hundred dollars? I, I, I go back, Steve. I, I really do. I, I continuously go back. There's three places I go, and I, and I think they're really good illustrations. You know, I go back to 2012 and 2014. The LA Kings couldn't score. What do they do? They go and trade for Jeff Karp. They I, Dean Lombardi and his group, I clearly identified we need this, right? So fits in, you know, Jeff comes in, they win the cup. 2014, they ran into the same problem. And they, and well, who do they go and get? They go and get Marion Gabrick, right? They win the cup. You know, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They, they, they get blown out in 2019, just obliterate. I mean, it's, it's a shocker. It's a shocker to everybody. And, and what does Julian Brisbois do? He goes, okay, he, we got to make some adjustments here. And he goes and he makes those trades for Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. Right? Like identifying. And, and those are different players. Tampa Bay had lots of skill. They didn't need scoring. They needed Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. The LA Kings had lots of other parts and they were a good team, but they needed scoring targeted, targeted focus in terms of what you're looking for. And if you don't know your own team, Steve, if you don't recognize your own team, that's why, when I say you can, you, you can love your team, just don't fall in love with your team and be blinded by that love.
1: And that's, I love that stuff because when is a manager, do you know to give up the pick to get Chelios or Francis or talk it going back or in the modern time of what you mentioned, uh, if you're reasonable Br- and people talk about it and here's what I read is a, and I know, you know, sometimes we say things and then we later say, ah, maybe I shouldn't have said that or that's wrong. Or I disagree. Boy, first round picks for Berkeley Goodrell. Why do they get Berkeley? Good? Why did they get Blake Coleman? You know, and you look at the time it does not work and say, you know, Nick Foligno, how could they give that up? There's a moment of a point of no return. There's a moment of saying we are close to winning. So either we, 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 the, the plane goes, Nope, we veer off. We're not, we can't make the trip to Australia. It's too far for us. We don't have enough fuel. No, live to fight another day or no, we're going to get into a dogfight, fight. Snoopy. We're going to, we, we're, we're going to try to win this thing. And we need, we need the tough guys, the greedy guys to do it. So Tampa's done it. And it's easier now that they've won their two cups. Imagine if they didn't the pressure and he's given away these first round picks. So I look at what Florida might do with Bill Zito. Uh, are the Rangers ready to move now? You hear JT Miller and playing so well. Like Jay, and maybe the Canucks know now's the time to get the best value. Like Toronto, they have to give up another first round pick or why bother? Like if they don't improve their defense, I say to them, why bother? Pull off. You know, I'd fight now if I was them. I look at Vegas and they've already done all their moves. It's so intriguing. So as a manager, like how you're in the meeting and you're deciding, what are we doing? Penn Holland, first pick for Chelios. Breeze ball, first pick here. First pick, pick some prospects. Like this is franchise-defining moments, Craig. How do you know when you go, get out of the way, I'm going in the left lane and I'm going as hard as I can. Or I don't know if I'm scared or I'm, I'm going I'm to live to fight another day when next year we might be in a better position. How does that work? So I love the way you finish that.
2: I absolutely love the way you finish it next year. OK, a manager's job is to try to give your team uh, the best opportunity at any given moment. You're trying to maximize the potential of this year's team, whatever that may be, right? Like, in, and to your point, you may have to veer off. You may go, hey, wait a second here. Us having a push here for the playoffs is really, really important, right? But we're not going to give away uh, young players or prospects. You might be in a different spot. Like, you know, we, we think we can really strengthen our team for a, for, for, for a, for a push at the Stanley Cup. It, it, you know, he, he, here's what happens, Steve. And if you're evaluating your team as you should be on a regular basis on a daily basis, right. And here's where you're at, right. You don't just wake up and go, Hey, what do you think about trading the first round pick? Like you don't go, Oh yeah. That first round pick we're going to trade. And yet people think, Oh yeah. that's first round pick. Well, let's just talk about a first round pick. Is. Let's just talk about a first round pick is if you draft somebody in the first round. We're talking about teams that are picking late in the draft. Right, know. right, late in the draft, right? You know what a first round pick is for me? The, the, the 20th pick in the NHL draft is no different than the 45th. There's no difference. The team picking 45th goes, we can't believe we got this guy at 45. We had him rated in our top 15. Every team says it, right? People can't believe they got that player. Oh, he was much higher on our list. 20th pick is no different than the 45th. Trust me on that, okay? just depends how you assess that player. You're three to four years away from that player having a meaningful contribution on your team. I know there's exceptions, right? But that's what you're doing. So you're going like next year when you've got a team and everybody talks about, oh, a first-round draft pick. You know what? Like, give me a break. Did you see what the LA Rams did? They looked at their team and they said, we're in. We're in. I I saw all the criticism of the LA Rams. And you're right, Steve. If you don't win, that's rough. But it's not about, like, looking. I, I gave examples of teams that won. If you go through the process right, and you do it and you evaluate your team and you look at how you want to do it right it's a balancing act. it's a balancing between maximizing the potential of your team now whatever that may be look into the future how you can strengthen it into the future and then using all the different uh uh tools at your disposal first round draft pick prospects everything you know let me just tell you this steve if every team was only built on first round draft picks the Edmonton Oilers would have won five Stanley Cups in the from the time they drafted Taylor Hall first overall. They would have won, they won five or six. You need to draft more. Now, I always say this about the Tampa Bay. I have great respect for the Tampa Bay Lightning and their people. And I do and their scouting group. I do. I think they're phenomenal. But everybody talks about how well they did drafting these guys in the second, third round, right? It's a good thing they did because they didn't do a very good job in the first round. <laughs> So maybe, maybe Julian Breeze was saying like, you know, Oh boy, you know, I'm going to trade these first round picks and save you guys all kidding aside. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. I remember one year in a draft, Bob Ganey, I, we were talking about uh, a team or t- somebody was going on about a player and oh, we got them way high. Bob looked at us. He goes, maybe we have them too high on our list.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that stuff. Yeah. I think there's a lot of teams that are all in for the right reasons this year, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be all in, I would say if I'm the Bruins or the Capitol, no. right. The Rangers can do something strategic if they really like JT Miller and they're going to be paying some people next year. And we've talked about that. Uh, we already know where Vegas is. We already know where Colorado is, you know, Minnesota might be, Hmm. The buyouts are going to affect us. We are primed for a rental. We're primed for a rental. If I'm Minnesota is an example, Craig, like I've gone through all those teams to think, what do you do? That's what intrigues me because it's going to happen. Like we're five weeks away from it happening and what these managers do or don't do is going to have a huge impact this year. Stanley cup playoffs. I know how well,
2: you know, the league, and you know how well you know the league. So I'm going to play a little game with you. Okay. Two teams from the East and two teams from the West. That you're sitting there, Steve Koulias, general manager, I'm tasking you with you being the general manager of both of these teams. And you don't get to pick Tampa Bay, you don't get to pick Florida, and you don't get to pick Vegas or Colorado, okay? Two teams in the East, two teams in the West that you think can bolster their Stanley Cup chances by making a move at the deadline or prior to the deadline. And I'm, I'm not asking for the who, but teams, you think, hey, listen, let's push it. Let's push a little bit further here and see where we can
1: go. Well, the easy answer... Start in are, the East. The easy answers are the teams we've already discussed at the at, at the elite level. No, I'm going to go down... I'm going to go to the, to the slightly... No, but, like, but you
2: don't get Florida and Tampa Bay. We know that no, Carolina is no. at the elite level. But you can pick Carolina if you want. But, like, I'm just asking you two teams.
1: I would say this, that... Toronto might as well just go home if they don't at least add one defenseman in the top four category and maybe think about two. And if that means the first round pick this year and the prospect they like the least, if that's Nick Robertson, then they make them, they make them. Like if, if they want to unite the Robertson brothers, they, they, they don't need Klingberg, but if Klingberg and a Sherratt, and they pay that price, then I would pay that price. I'd actually almost pay for anything that is not going to affect the, the, the club I have right now. And I would do it and then say, and if we still lose in the first round, I've already written my obituary and give it to the Toronto Star and I'm done. So it's it's go time and show time. As simple as that. So for sure, I make that move. And I'll go back to Minnesota because I think Minnesota's in a spot where, you know, if Giroux does want to go, it's not as sexy. Minnesota's got already a lot of playoff grit. But we love Joel Erickson-Eck and we love Ryan Hartman, but they're not the tradition. Like they're, they're centers that are normally down, but are, are, are up. So if I can't get, if I can't get Madano and Neuendijk, maybe an older Giroux gives me an option because he can play the wing and they've got grit and you say, Claude, they Colorado doesn't want you. They're going after, you know, Adam Lowry. I, and I say, and that, and I look at them and I think they got two goalies, they got a good defense. So if they can add, you know, if, if a JT Miller was a UFA, it'd be different. His contract next year might kill Minnesota, but maybe something goes back the other way, right? Because that's for sure. Billy wants him, But I, I look at a Giroux as another depth because they got the grit. They can bang and crash, but Greenway doesn't score as much and will mark a score in the playoffs the same way. Somebody that are a one timer and they've had some power play issues before can give me something that probably is on what we call an expiring contract so minnesota in the next tier toronto in the next tier because teams need and want i think colorado would want to make a trade to improve their team minnesota and toronto they still need to because the teams are chasing are better there's two teams minnesota's chasing that are better vegas and colorado there's two teams Toronto's chasing that are better right now florida and tampa bay so what are you going to do to close that gap when you do have a hole in your lineup in that spot i find it intriguing
2: Yeah, well, it is. And and then you got St. Louis in the mix with uh, Minnesota, right? And, you know, to be clear, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are even considering trading uh, Adam Lauer. You better give him, like, I'm saying that type of a player. Big, strong, rugged. So I'm just going to weigh in with my one team that that is the LA Kings. I, I, I think they're sitting in a spot with cap space, with young prospects. Their team is put, like, you know, are they a Stanley Cup contender? I don't see them as that. But you know what? Making a move that can help them now and, and, and into the future, like with a push into the playoffs, even a, even a playoff round, I think it would be tremendous for the L.A. Kings. My eyes are on Rob Blake.
1: I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, and sometimes you trade a prospect before they become a suspect. Uh, not all your prospects are blue chippers. So uh, maybe by field they keep. And almost anyone else is in play. So now the Caliabs or Turcots, maybe now's the time to strike Craig using the old Pat Gillick model about saying, sometimes these chickens look really good, these little young chicks. When they start growing up, they might not be as good. So I think Rob Blake will be a fascinating man to watch at the deadline. And
2: and, and the one thing I'll say quickly, just quickly back to Toronto, which will finish off my portion of this, okay, is that the Toronto Maple Leafs, three best prospects, Okay. Yep. Three best prospects. Topi Nimala, he was not drafted in the first round. Not drafted in the first round. Matthew Nyes, not drafted in the first round. Then you have Nick Robertson, who's still a really good prospect, but you have Ronnie Hervinen. Okay, who's a re- Nick Abruzese, who's playing in the Olympics. Nice and, and Abruzese are playing for team USA in the Olympics.
1: That's five prospects not drafted in the first round. Well said, my friend. Uh, we'll be tight, but Final thoughts are coming up, brought to you by our friends at Ultimate Hockey Fans, not a person or group of people. It's a must when you go online and check out ultimatehockeyfans.com. If you're buying or have any questions, use our code COOLBUTTONPOD for the discount. Final thoughts before we say goodbye. I got a feeling yours might be gold medal game on the women's side. I, well, I, we're obviously going to talk about it on Thursday, but
2: Team Canada right now looks like uh, a, a real uh, wrecking machine. I mean, they're, they're, they're rolling. I mean, they're, they're upfront scoring, back-end scoring. I, I love Anne-Renee Debian. I think that she is the goaltender. I think that Troy Ryan has, has put the stake in the ground on her. We know that when the U.S. And, – and let me just say this, Steve, okay? Like, I, I know that a lot of times after this is aired, the, you know, we won't know, like, Finland, U.S.A., like, I'm not picking Philly to beat the USA. Not like, that. unless there's a, like a, something that happens, it's unforeseen that, that like the, the USA is going to win. USA Canada in the gold medal game at the Olympics. It's unbelievable. 2018, we sat there in Pyeongchang, and it was unbelievable back and forth action. It was one of the most exciting events of the entire Olympics in 2018. I don't expect it to be any less so in the gold medal match. Canada right now, you know, and not that not that when you get into these games, you have an edge, but it looks like on paper they have the edge.
1: And all I'm asking for is a good, clean, fair game. Let's hope it's not nine power plays to two, five on threes, left, right and center. Um, what we call. Let the kids, let the ladies, let the players decide the game. I hope that does happen. And then may the best team win on that day. And in a one game scenario, Craig, as you know, it's a game seven. Anything can happen. You're right. I always say this, Steve let them play within the rules of the
2: game. The Super Bowl is a great example. Everybody's complaining about late in the game, the flags that were being called, they were penalties. And the Bengals benefited from an absolute blown call on the touchdown when Jalen Ramsey got interfered with. So, like, you're right. Just call the game. Call the rules. You know what? And, and make sure that you, uh, uh, you know, have, ha- have a great game within the context of the rules.
1: Well said, my friend. For Craig Button, I'm Steve Coolius, episode 39 in the books. I think this conversation about the trade deadline dominated at times. <laughs> but it's a sexy, sexy topic. Until next time, be well.